All right. As long as you don't have audio issues, we'll get started. Start on time, end on time, Glenn. Let's go. Amen. <clears throat> At least I showed up. <laughs> that you did. That you did. All right. <clears throat> Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PEPCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 11 of 2023. I'm Chris Louie and have to be out of that hazmat bunny suit from working on the house. With me, I have the hot dad who's found a second income stream making money off Yelp reviews and YouTube videos. I don't know what you're talking about. One thing I can do is get that, that new Bronco dirty. It is covered in mud. Who has to wash it, though? Do you pay the kids? Uh, no, they, they wouldn't do that. They're a little bit lazy. I shouldn't say that. I, I actually have a, a kid that's in the neighborhood that comes over and, and details the vehicle for me. Nice. Awesome. Look at you. Well, actually, like, real quick, this is a kind of a wild story, but he ended up, I think he was only 15 at the time. He's almost 18. He was contracted by the NFL, and he was washing, like, 50-plus um, Escalades during the Super Bowl. He made, like, a butt ton of money, like over fifty k. Like that's he, not bad. No, no, he's that's re- good he, money for when you're eighteen. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he's a great kid. That's good. Hopefully, um, he invests it wisely and doesn't blow it all on like a luxury car. Entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and so what if he did? <laughs> Who's it? Paul, for you're amazing. Judge? We love We're not you. Judge. Keep it up, man. We're not here to judge. Spend it wisely, just saying that that income stream might not be sustainable and you want to have something for the future. Well, if he hopefully if he bought a Tesla, he bought it after the discount of what is that five or eight thousand dollars as opposed to those yeah. other folks. Tesla, excuse me, True. Tesla. Oh, look at Glenn getting it right. I like it. And we have Glenn Medina recovering from that hand surgery. Who opens your ketchup bottles now? It's not ketchup, it's mustard. Let's get that straight now. Um, and it would be the wife. So, And then we've changed everything to pump bottles in the house. So uh, she's changed out my soap dispenser and my shampoo dispenser with pump bottles instead of squeeze bottles. Thank goodness. What is what is this shampoo thing you talk about? Uh, yeah, you don't have one, so you don't... <laughs> yeah, Mr. Clean doesn't Mr. need Clean it. Mr. Clean doesn't need it. over here. <laughs> True. I do have a steady income of razors coming in and out of my budget every month. Yeah. She get those auto, the no touch sensor. We have one of those no touch sensor things for the kids. You just put your hand under it and then it dispenses the soap. Well, that requires someone to change the battery frequently and we don't have that kind of time around the the Medina household. I remember the first time I saw that like battery operated soap dispenser, I think Lysol came out with it and it was our neighbors. I was like, wow, man, they... They must be doing okay. They can afford yeah, a battery. That's how you know operate. you've made it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know you've level. made. You know you've made it when you've got a cup <laughs> washer in your sink, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, Brian. Uh, all right, all right. I didn't know you were gonna tease me again today, guys. <laughs> and she has a name. Her name is Corinne. <laughs> <laughs> so your no wife comment. and the yeah. cup washer is named Corinne. That's interesting. <laughs> Note on this week, 
Todd was impacted by some organizational changes here at Zscaler and is busy dealing with that, but we hope to have him on once things settle. We love you, Todd. We get it. We do. So if you are able to lend Todd a hand with any referrals or even a kind note, I'm sure he and we will appreciate it. Combined, we have decades of information security experience out here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four fantastic stories for this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Just a reminder, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about what's new in the LastPass breach. Next, a city gets ransomware and the residents probably didn't notice. For our third topic, the U.S. Pentagon suffers from an OPSEC problem, and let's close with remote work talk today. For our first topic, LastPass released additional information about what led to their massive data breach. And if you remember, we talked about on the show, their massive data breach included the leaking of every single user's encrypted password vault. In the first hack, a hacker had compromised a user account and stole a bunch of encrypted data. And that was less bad because the hacker did not have the decryption keys to read that data. While not being deterred, the hacker spent several months researching who in the company did have access to the decryption keys and targeted one of three developers who had had access to the keys. The attacker then compromised a Plex media server in this developer's personal home, this is his personal computer, and installed a keylogger on that machine. Sure enough, the developer accessed the corporate LastPass vault from his personal compromised machine, and the hacker was able to decrypt the master LastPass company vault and obtain the decryption keys. Shockingly, the keys were not rotated after the first breach. This led to an interesting debate on InfoSec Twitter. Should employee home computers be in scope for red teaming and pen tests? Well, let's, before we even answer that question, like, holy crap, like, this, all kinds of bad news here. I I feel like LastPass shouldn't even have the ability to decrypt. Like, they should be completely out of band for that stuff. You know what I mean? You mean, like, should not hold encryption keys for, for everyone? Or yeah. once it's set, yeah. Yeah, like Mega, like what's the guy, the Megazone? It's not Megazone. Uh, oh, crap. It was at Kim.com, Mega Upload. Yeah, yeah, that guy, like he, he makes it to where like that, your your key is only on your device. No one else can see it, not even him. Yeah, so technically LastPass operates that way. They, they operate in a so-called zero-knowledge type environment where the password vault is still encrypted, but the problem came in where they did not securely encrypt it or hash the password securely enough, and they never forced you to uh, change that. So the the password vaults are still encrypted. So they basically they decrypted the encrypted vaults. They're still encrypted, but some of these password vaults have very weak encryption on them. So the question begs: did, did, I'm sorry. Did you even did either one of you guys ever have LastPass? I did for a short so, period. Yeah, I did okay. as well for a short period. Did you purge your information when you deleted your account? Did that happen automatically? I don't even know. I think I started off with just five passwords that are all inside there, and they could have those. How about you, yeah, Chris? I did, I did not 
I did not purge, but I cycled them enough that I think I should be okay even if someone cracks into it. Either the passwords have been cycled or I have multi-factor on everything now. I'm not losing any sleep over it. I'm happy that it happened, but I'm not losing any major sleep over it. Yeah, thank God for MFA. As much crap as I talk about it, this is one of the times where I feel like it may have saved my, my bacon on this. Yeah, I opened, a, I opened a chat thread with Brian and Nathan Howe, one of our former guests on the show, and I wanted to get their thoughts on how to prevent a breach like this, and we actually ended up having a pretty good discussion on what steps companies can take to stop this from happening to them. You mean like not allow a home PC to access the corporate network? Yeah, that's a big one. Corporate vault, yeah. Fundamentals there, right? So, yeah, uh, posture the device, maybe some some browser isolation. Could, how about from how about residency? MFA would MFA help help with that too? Well, not really. Think, yeah, I mean, I would think that the at some point would have had to because LastPass supports multi-factor authentication. So just because this dev got keylogged they somehow still were able to access the master LastPass corporate vault. So either they had MFA disabled or they found a way to bypass MFA. Yeah. I just, it, <clears throat> it's just really odd. I mean, it's just flaws after flaws after flaws, right? I mean. Yeah, it's just similar to, what the 9-11 commission would have said. It was a cascade of failures that led to this, this breach. It wasn't any single thing that happened. It was a series of failures that led to LastPass getting to this point. Yeah, their their security practices are so bad, I'm looking to see if Nicholas Cage is in it. <laughs> you didn't like Face Off? <laughs> no, no. It stopped at National Treasure, I think. Yeah. That was the last good movie hey, he ever made. Do you think this is going to be... I like be... the last one, the... The overwhelming weight of awesome. I can't remember the title of it, but that last movie he made where he actually plays himself. I thought that one was pretty good. I didn't see that, but I can see how it could be good. Because, I mean, he's pretty much just making fun of himself, right? Yeah, it's got Pedro Pascal in it. The Viper of Dorn is in it. (laughs) By the way, if there's any feedback to us, it is that our impersonations suck. So there's your Bane (laughs) or me trying to pretend that I'm Russian or whatever. we We just need to stop. The Viper of Dorn. I just wish I could do an Alex Jones impression. I think that would be hilarious. Would be, why don't you work on that? Work on that for next episode. Let's put a headphone on and just walk around talking to myself about weird conspiracy theories. Yeah. Oh, you know. You do that I now. What are you dismiss- talking about? <laughs> hey, wait a second. That's true. Uh, we We completely blew off your whole thing. I'm on. Should red teaming be happening on. Uh, home PCs, yeah. 100%. Would you ever allow it, though? I mean, what would you tell the corporate? If you're going to be dumb enough to allow people to use their own PC, then yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna say I need to red team it. It shouldn't be in scope to yeah, begin with. It definitely gets in a gray area, yeah. It should it's not a, be in scope. It's a gray area. Is this, I don't know. I'm, I think they should have been doing something to keep personal PCs off the network. Right, I think that kind of just makes a lot of sense, but the the fact that the the master of master passwords is stored somewhere in clear text and was able to be taken out is this it's wild. I would love to know what that password was. If it, it was something dumb like you know one two three four the wet duck 
barks at midnight. I'm like, what? There's no way. Last yeah, pass. I, is I think the, the master. De- I think the master decryption key was stored in the secured notes feature of LastPass. So LastPass has secure notes. You, I think you yourself said you store some personally sensitive information there as well, that it's supposed to be secure, but they somehow managed to get the master password, decrypt the vault, and ran away with all the keys. That's rough. The The only thing I would say that is kind of benef- not beneficial, so... <sighs> If they were able to somehow log in, that would be bad. But if they're looking at the sideloaded data, like when I when I took your advice and got off the of LastPass the last time and went over to something else, I exported all the the information and all the like all the pictures that I may have had on there or notes and things like that. That was not exportable. So maybe there's a silver lining here. I don't know. Yeah, they they still got the text of the secure notes though because that was the key or or they just had access maybe they didn't have to export it they just needed to access it they got the key and then they were able to decrypt the data they stole from the first hack how much how many more do you think is there going to be another last pass episode in the next six months because i think that was the last time that they had another one the one before that right was last year sometime middle of summer i mean honestly i don't know how anyone can trust LastPass with their data after this and that they they put out a blog that says these are all the steps we're taking to fix it, but I just think their trust is so completely broken. And at least yeah. anyone who ancillarily cares about security, I don't see how they financially recover from this. Yeah. And latest news. Well, today, if you read <clears throat> LastPass, renamed themselves Pass Last. They went through a rebranding. <laughs> it's true. The only way to recover. I actually had a comment, but I just totally forgot. All right, for our second topic, the city of Oakland, which is just across the bay from me and a little bit south of Glen, they declared a state of emergency after a ransomware attack affected its IT systems. The Play ransomware group seems to be like a new player on the block. I haven't heard from them very much. They claim credit for the attack, and after the city of Oakland refused to pay the ransom, their IT systems remain offline, and Play leaked the stolen data on their leak site. The first batch of leaked documents is about 10 gigs and purports to contain confidential documents, employee information, passports, and IDs. The city of Oakland claims they will notify anyone they believe to be affected by the data breach and leak operation. When someone first messaged me about the attack, my reaction was, you mean there's a complete breakdown of civil services in the city of Oakland? So you mean like any other day of the year? <laughs> the city of Oakland is known not to be the safest city in the area and experienced a surge in crime after the global pandemic. Are, are, are they bound to the same SIPA rules that or CCPA rules that normal companies are bound to? Like, I don't know if government agencies are, are bound by that. I know like private organizations are. Like you lose someone's data, you're going to pay a hefty fine. I don't know how that affects municipalities, though. Yeah, because, man, that just makes me not want to trust any entity with my information. And it's even worse because it's, it's, a, it's a state, city entity like Oakland where you just know that they just don't have a large budget. Why do city of Oakland employees need to have their passports 
Maybe is this like maybe a second form of identification? Like, why are they traveling internationally? You work for a freaking city. I believe it's for the I nine requirement that you, it's proof that you're a U.S. citizen that you're allowed to work here. So maybe not U.S. citizen passports, but foreign passports is what you're saying. No, like when I anytime I sign up for a new job, I have to fill out an I nine. I have to give them my passport to prove that I'm a U.S. citizen oh. that I'm able to work here. Oh, like right. e-verify all yeah. those things yeah you guys probably haven't switched jobs recently enough to remember having to fill out this i9 or it's all electronic now i think actually i mean glenn should be able to remember that he's <laughs> only a year into his new job <laughs> i vaguely remember that so yeah, i remember yeah. yeah when i joined iron key i had to physically bring my passport in they had to make a copy of it well, they also probably had to validate you were 21, too, right? Because you look so young. <laughs> 16, the legal working age in California. <laughs> Child labor law. <laughs> Are you surprised? It doesn't sound like you're surprised. I'm not. And I, I can speak. This is 100% anecdotal, so don't take it for fact, but... I knew some people that worked in the IT infrastructure within the city of Oakland. And one thing that they had mentioned is there's a little bit of nepotism that goes on in the city government of Oakland. And one of the, I, the and I'll call him a so-called IT administrator, was the son of a high-ranking official within the government of Oakland, this the city government. And the comment about this particular individual is he is completely useless. <laughs> he only got the job because of the connections. And that's not to say that that never happens in, in other areas, but I just happen to know for the IT administration for the city of Oakland, there's at least one individual there that got their job due to connections and they were, uh, let's say, not effective at their job. You heard it here first, folks. Open inquiry here on the city employees in Oakland on the Pepcat podcast. You know that, that saying, what's white and sleeps three? Uh-oh. Government van. <laughs> Government truck, yeah. yeah. Well, city vehicle. So one thing I learned, it was interesting. If you're a public employee of California, I think there's a rule or a project or a law or something. It's called uh, Transparent California or something like that. And it says you can look up the pay for any public employee in California and they post it on the website. So you can, you could actually, if I cared enough, I could actually go to the, uh, this thing, this website and see how much like an, an IT administrator makes for the city of Oakland. Yeah. Is it their full comp, like everything or just like their yeah. base salary? Base salary plus overtime plus benefited information. Yeah. Totally transparent. And can be seen. I, you know, I visited a, a a customer or a an IT person in the state, uh, one of the state agencies, and they all had their um, their their pay pay stubs posted in their cubicle, and it was like like, hey, why 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 do you guys have that posted? It was like, well, everybody knows how much each other makes here, so it's no secret. I was like, oh, wow, that is quite interesting. So, yeah. And do you know they only get paid once a month for the state of California? That was weird, too. 
Interesting. No, I did not know that. I wonder yeah. why that is versus everyone else is supposed to get paid twice a month, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I said, uh, wow, that that you get a lot of scratch for, you know, twice a month and they're like, "No, that's once a month." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so They're like, "You jerk." Yeah. Okay. So What do you think, Brian? I think that even in IT, we should be more clear and transparent about how much we're all making, like regardless, any industry. I've always been that guy that just openly shares about stuff because I think, you know, what's what's good for you is good for me. <laughs> and then it comes back around. <laughs> and I also feel like that the more money I make, the more money you should make. Yeah. And I remember when I worked at F5 and it was referring people in, they're like, well, you know, like how much do you make? I'm like, I would tell them, they're like, oh, that, you know, that's, so I should probably come in under. I'm like, no, you should like aim for like, like 20 grand over. Like aim for the stars, buddy. What do I care? <laughs> yeah. 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 Shoot for the sky. That's kind of so. like that unwritten rule though, right? It's like, why do corporations not want you talking about your salary compared to your peers? Why do you think that is? Is it I because of exactly what you're talking about? Like they don't want to have to overpay everybody? <laughs> you know, I think, I don't know. I, I can see how it could be bad at the same time, right? Like I don't, I definitely don't want the, the Bernie Sanders comp plan coming yeah. into fruition. Like I don't want to make the same as a underperforming person, Yeah. but for top tier people, I want to, I definitely want to push the envelope there. How do you feel yeah. about that? No, I agree. I, I, I always like to look at my peers and, you know, becoming a manager going, wow, that, that person got paid a lot. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I don't think that person deserves to be paid that much, but okay, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, you kind of do a mental note going, wow, we pay for that. Okay. I remember uh, I, this like actually was replayed in a like Michael Scott, the office episode mm-hmm. where like Daryl comes in and he wants to get like a pay raise. He's like, He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you'd be making more money than me. And then Daryl's like, what do you mean? You've been here like for 15 years. And he show, shows him the, the paycheck stuff. And then Daryl starts laughing. He's like, that's all you make? You've been here this long and that's all you make? <laughs> so it's like this whole like chaos thing. And uh, I remember, you know, back in the day, I can't remember the the company, but a friend of mine had been like a store manager some, somewhere and they were making X amount. And so they ended up getting promoted from store manager to district manager. They had to the higher end, the, the backfill. They're like, this person's going to come in making more, like the, the base wage is more money mm-hmm. than I made in that position for like the last five years. Like he was pissed. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, and then on top of that, like I remember the, the Delta in the, the pay, like going from the store manager to the, to the district store manager was like only like an extra, like $2,500 a year. And I was like, you might want to start consulting with other people because I think you're getting ripped off, man. Yeah, several several companies ago, you know, when I wasn't in in this market, I was in IT still, but I was managing the group, and I think one of the guys made more than me as a manager, and I was like, this is un, this is disgusting, right? <laughs> I run the group. I basically pretty much had a a not a PNL, but I I, I controlled budget. And uh, someone made more than me. I was like, what am I working so hard for? So that's, that's why pay transparency is good, good for workers, not so good for employers. Exactly. 
All right. Well, Google think... takes advantage of it, man. They they pay people based off of like your zip code, not necessarily your skill level, which is kind of whack. Yeah, I think there's a new law in California now too that for every job listing, job posting, you have to put a salary range on it now, which people can still game. Like I see some of these salary ranges. It says, yeah, you can make anywhere from you know one hundred twenty thousand to four hundred thousand on this job. I'm like, well, what kind of salary range is that? <laughs> can you tell me where I am on that spectrum? It's like. You can get anywhere from a dollar to a million. Like, <laughs> take your pick. <laughs> What's that? What was that? I think you sent it out for the the kill switch for ChatGPT. Yeah, <laughs> like three hundred k in case this thing becomes sentient. You got to throw the switch. <laughs> I would take that. Yeah, yeah, and that is our ChatGPT story of the week. There you go. There you go. We did it. We we did it, Joe. All right, for our third topic, there is a report from the Pentagon that they lost $2.2 trillion. It's just completely gone missing. Oh, wait, we already knew that, and that's not really news. The big news story here is that the Pentagon allowed staffers to be to install dating apps, fantasy football, TikTok, and games on government phones. In a completely and totally unrelated story, the U.S. military also reported that a government email server running in Azure was left exposed without a password so that anyone could potentially access sensitive military emails from the Pentagon. If only they could find that missing $2.2 trillion, they could spend a little bit of money on securing their phones and email servers. I tell you what, I pay a lot in taxes. This is disheartening. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys see the the meme? It's like, I did my taxes. I, I owe $5,365 to the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, ouch. my gosh. So, all right. Maybe you guys can debunk this, or maybe one of our listeners can. But there, like, there was a, like, a video talking about all this money that was missing right on like September 10th, apparently. And then 9-11 happened. Right. And there's like, it was like a huge cover up as like a conspiracy. I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to go down here. I'm going to see like, is this actually true? And I keep finding videos. Like they look like it was back in the day. It looks and smells like there was money missing. Right. They had no idea where it was going. And then the terrorist attack happened. And then what's even more messed up about that is that if you go back, I forget, we'll call it a year. You got like crazy people. Like Alex Jones actually saying like this is going to happen around military spending and then a terrorist attack around financials and stuff. So have you guys ever gone that down that rabbit hole to find out? Because like clearly, Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff also you know all say it's debunked and it's fake. But when I look around hard enough, I I kind of find the the evidence of it. So I've never gone down that rabbit hole. It's it it's sort of Occam's razor. Like the simplest answer is usually the correct answer. And when it comes to government accountability for how they spend money, I'm not surprised that $2.2 trillion fell between the cracks. Like on the topic of aid to Ukraine, we've sent hundreds of billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine and there's no auditing. There's no accountability of where that money went. Somebody in Congress actually had to introduce a bill to audit where this money went, which begs the question, why wasn't the audit built in from the beginning? Like, this should be fundamental. If we give foreign aid to another country, we need accountability for where that money goes. Why is this controversial at all? 
It makes sense Buck, to me. But, you're you bucking know, the system. Whatever. Conspiracy theories here. Welcome to Conspiracy I, Theory TikTok. I mean, Pepcac. <laughs> I think I told this story before, so I'll tell it in fast forward mode. There was a... Uh, a hardware store in Middletown, America, and you know the Pentagon has a program to source parts from local hardware stores. It's part of theirs. So they don't buy everything from Raytheon or, or whoever, and they try to you know spread the money around. And this mom and pop shop, those two sisters running it, they found out that regardless of how much uh, material items they send, they could put any amount they want in the shipping fee, and the Pentagon would just mm. blank check. Oh, pay. I remember that. So they that said, episode. They'll send two washers for 20 cents and they charge them like $50,000 for a shipping fee and they just blanket paid it. Like zero accountability, zero auditing of where the money goes. And it wasn't until they slipped up and sent a duplicate invoice number and then that's what triggered an audit in the system. And then a human stepped in and said, hey, wait a minute, why are we spending $50,000 to ship two washers? And it all unraveled from there. But yeah, no checks whatsoever. I'm not surprised that this money went missing in. For that matter, I'm not surprised that they they allowed all these these apps to be installed on government phones as well. Now, the U.S. has this federal mandate remove TikTok from all all devices. Like, why aren't we using an MDM that just stops people from doing that? Like, so, that's the bigger question. You know what has me confused here, right? Because if you if you look at DOD Department of Defense, like being assigned a phone back when I was in the military, granted the phones weren't as smart as they are now. You really couldn't do much on them other than make calls. And even then, when I the, the little work that I did back then, those were pretty locked down. So I just want to know, like, what agencies were these that staffers had all these other apps, these additional apps on, on these devices? Because you couldn't do these on Blackberries. Well, I guess they're, they're iPhones now, and maybe they're not so protected as much as they are because they are smarter. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, you you install AirWatch, you install Good, you install BlackBerry MDM, just say you have enough apps to do your job and that's it. No TikTok, no FanDuel, no DraftKings, no Bumble. <laughs> like To me, it doesn't seem that difficult. I don't know. I don't work in the DOD. I don't work in the federal government. But when I was a sysadmin and if I had to lock down access, it's you get AirWatch, you get your browser, you get your email, and that's it. If you want your company email on your phone, this is the what this is what you have to do. Here's a novel idea. Let's all go back to the Nokia phones. So the thirty three twenties. The the thirty three series, yeah. <laughs> Impossible to break. It can also be used as a weapon, right? Yeah. You just throw it at somebody, knock and, them out. And the battery lasts exactly. seven days. So But yeah. you're you're right, Chris, about the the whole MDM thing. I wish I worked for an MDM company when they're like, Hey, no more TikTok. I'd be like, I have a product that fixes that problem. But I think you'd probably do it with Intune and governments probably have like a G5 license. They do whatever they want. But on the note, so I get it. The date, well, fantasy football, TikTok, not on a government phone. But I would say that maybe a little controversial would be around like dating apps, maybe even adult content. Those are probably like the, I, I look at those things as actually kind of cutting the the path to where we're at from a technology standpoint today. If it wasn't for those things, I don't know that we would be there for a bunch of perverts at the end of the day, if you think about it. It is true. It is that adult content industry that selected VHS over Betamax. They selected Blu-ray over HD DVD. And then they made some innovations on the internet and online world as well, maybe VR as well. So you are right. We do owe a debt 
to them in terms of advancing the technology, but do it on your own phone, do it on your own time. I don't want my government officials having this junk installed in the government phones just ripe to be hacked. This reminds me of a story a number of years ago when, when Fit, before Apple Watch and people saw Fitbits and we had a heavy presence in the Middle East, there were these soldiers that would go on jogs with their Fitbit devices and eventually the military says, hey, guys and gals, stop running with your Fitbit devices. You can see this data and where you all end up is the secret military base. You don't think our <laughs> enemies are data mining this Fitbit data to figure out where we are. It, it, it's just things like that, location services and having your wearable devices like give away your location. It's uh, just OPSEC fail all around. <laughs> Ivan Yankinoff is now following you on Fitbit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Those Ivan. Russians, they're, yeah, they're sneaky. Sneaky guys. Wants to be you know your what, friend. Fun... Wants to be your challenge mate on fitness. <laughs> so, so fun fact, like around... F5, the the reality is, is like the whole like big IP thing that all came from like adult industry. They, they needed a load balancer, at least the history that was told to me. And that kind of like did like web acceleration, all this different stuff. And I thought, oh, you know, that's kind of cool, whatever. And then I fast forward, F5 acquires a company uh, for DDoS and they rename it like Silverline. So I have a, a good friend that works and like he's a uh, cloud hosting. They do some payment processing stuff, but they have data centers where uh, a, a majority of their stuff is either adult content or Minecraft at this point in time. And so we were, uh, I was talking to Two him. Budding like, industries of cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just so wild. And so I was like, yeah, man, like, you know, what are you guys doing for like volumetric, you know, DDoS attacks? He's like, oh, well we use Arbor. And just on-prem, but like the really big stuff, you know, that that's a problem. I was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, how about I just, we'll, we'll work with Arbor. We'll do some signaling back and forth. We'll just, you know, inject routes, send all that all that bad traffic to me. I'll scrub it and send it down clean. And they're like, yeah, sounds great. So then we build an opportunity and, you know, take it to market. We're engaging with the, the team. Um, and they respond back with, we don't want to do business with a company like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> now you're taking the moral high ground. <laughs> now they're taking the moral high ground. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell us for Minecraft. That's it. Yeah. I should have. Roblox right? nowadays. <laughs> I think I think they knew exactly what was going on. But yeah, that's how you got to wash it through a subsidiary. Make some money that way. Be the, a third party company. Like, exactly. I, I used to know someone when before Hong Kong became part of China. Their entire job was to wash a shipment. So they buy these parts that might may or may not be allowed direct shipment into China. The subsidiary would buy it in Hong Kong and you'd touch port in Hong Kong. And then it says, well, I'm going to sell it to China. So that was their entire business model, import export of just buying things just to resell it to China because China couldn't get direct access to these uh, products. The pushing paper and making money. Good for them. Yeah. Capitalism at its finest. All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week, there is a survey done, and the survey found out that nearly 40% of software engineers will only work remotely if 
the global pandemic has taught us anything, it's that number one, remote work is possible. We did it for two and a half plus years. And number two, people do not want to go back to the office, especially these software engineers. So they just will not accept a role unless they offer full-time remote work. So I thought that was an interesting study. There are a lot of companies out there that are now forcing people to go back to work. I myself, I have to go in at least one day a week now. That uh, mandate has changed. And it's it's just a way that, that companies, I guess, that still have the real estate, they want to be able to realize the real estate. They want people to go in and collaborate. But for the software engineers, their defense is, well, we just go to the office and we just do a bunch of Zoom with other people. So why not do that at home and not burn two hours of my day commuting? So that's their rationale of why they will only work remotely. So what are you, what are you guys seeing? Well, does, is there still food at the office? Because <laughs> that's what everybody was so <laughs> happy about, right? Like I, I remember going to the Wright Games office many, many years ago and it was like they had chefs out there. I mean, the food service was just ridiculously off the hook. Right. And the food was amazing. Yeah. Google, Facebook, Apple. Yeah. They all have yeah. top notch food there. Well, no longer a Twitter. Too much that. <laughs> so. Yeah. I get Doritos, peanut M&Ms, some Jack Link's beef jerky. And there's yeah. Chris's diet, how he stays so <laughs> absolutely jacked. <laughs> it's that lean protein That's and it. peanut M&Ms. <laughs> I mean, there's a social aspect. So sorry, Brian. No, you're right. I, I had a friend that was in the Bay Area, not Chris, and I, I asked him, I was like, dude, why don't you just like go work for Facebook or Google? And he's like, he's like, he's like, everything that goes on there is an effort to have you work at the office. So every benefit that you get, whether it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, freeze your sperm or your eggs, um, <laughs> working out, swimming, riding bikes, all that stuff, it's it's the whole goal is to make your work your life, to actually be on site yeah. and, and whatnot. So I, I I personally believe like if I had to, you know, if we personally opened up an office in Arizona and I was expecting to be there, I would probably never go. I think like, I can't, I, I like working from anywhere. Now I'm a realist, like cu customers don't come to my house, right? I go to my customers, but as far as like in office, like doing a recording or something like that, I don't see the value in it. I would say that a lot of my customers more than 50% of them are shutting doors. They're saying work from anywhere. We don't even care. We're getting rid of real estate. We're going to dump it. The other 50% are more moving towards hybrid. They're going to make people come back and it's somewhere, you know, two days in the office or three days in the office a week you pick. And then the, the, the hard head ones are obviously retail, right? You have to be there unless you're not like a frontline worker. And then financial. And I think we saw that. Was it was it Warren Buffett? Who was it over in Wall Street that was just like, you want to make Wall Street money, then you got to come into work to be able to do that. You know, there's some jobs that will never be remote, right? Healthcare, dentistry, you know, medical, you know, uh, you're not going to replace those people. But you have to go into a, you have to go into a hospital. Uh, yes, there's telecare, but that, that can only do so much, right? Through a video call. So my dad, yeah, yeah, telehealth. So, real quick, because I think you went away, Chris. Who was the? Was it Warren Buffett or who is it on on Wall Street that says if you want to work at Wall Street, you got to work at Wall Street. You can't work remote. If you don't like it, don't come. Was it like J.P. Uh, Morgan? 
Yeah, it was either, it was uh, Jamie Dimon or the head of Goldman Sachs. I forget his name. It's, uh, it was yeah, it was one Goldman of those Sachs. investment. It was definitely an investment bank because that's that's definitely an investment bank attitude. That wasn't boiler room. So my, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> look at the smile on his face, baby, ear to ear, ear to ear. <laughs> so my my dad actually has a a friend that's a doctor, and he floats in between Orlando and Tampa, I believe, but he does a lot of surgeries remote. So he like they are doing like microscopic type of things and like he just he's in office and he mm-hmm. leans in with these goggles and he uses these tools to go in there and do it. He's not even in the same room as the patient. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, but that that's because that allows him to be at multiple surgical rooms that that can do that, right? That's I think that's the the Da Vinci machine, right? That that allows him to be able to do that and you can get a specialist like that that can operate in five major cities versus him having to fly to each location, right? Um, but I, we're just talking about everyday employees, right? The janitor. There's no such yeah. thing as a remote janitor, right? <laughs> There's no such thing as a remote cook. Like, <laughs> you you have to do something, right? You have to go in. So Yeah, definitely like service industry yeah. type jobs. Yeah. Hey, and like I said, remote housekeeping. I, I don't know how some people can hold on to the idea, or some companies can hold on to the idea that you know people are most productive when they're not when they're when they're in the office. I think COVID proved them wrong that com- that employees are way more productive at home than they'll ever be because a they don't have to commute. They're not they're not spending two hours of their day inside of a vehicle. And B, you know, there's no, there's no water cooler talk, right? That, you know, the, that's, that's kind of gone. People can concentrate on work as they need to. Now, granted, they may be doing a load of laundry in between some of the, some of the busy times, but that's time that would have probably been lost anyway, going to, going to the office. It's not water cooler talk anymore. We just open up a channel on Slack and just talk shop there. I'm still very cautious about what you say in Slack since that's still being recorded as opposed to going into the office and and saying something next to the water cooler that may or may not be recorded in the office. Or you open up a thread in Signal then. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life than during COVID. That was wild. I talked. I agree with you. That was an absolute crazy time. Yeah. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Glenza. All right, here we go. We have this woman. um, She was three months pregnant, and she fell into a deep coma and woke up about six months after. Um, The woman asked a doctor about her baby. And the doctor said, hey, congratulations, you had twins. A boy and a girl. They're both fine, and your brother named them for you. And the lady goes, oh my gosh, not my brother. He's an idiot. What did he name the girl? And the doctor says, easy. He named him Denise. He says, and, the, and the woman says, wow, that's actually a really cool name. What about the boy? And the doctor said, uh-oh. He named him the nephew. <laughs> nice so apparently uh, uh, uh. he was italian like it's, it's, it's okay denise the nephew is the middle name forget about it again our horrible impressions are being delivered today if you don't like it tough 
All right, to wrap things up, LastPass had major IT security issues. The city of Oakland gets ransomed, and probably nobody noticed. The Pentagon needs MDM and cloud security posture management immediately. And remote work is here to stay. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pepcac Podcast. Thank you to all the listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes Store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. From co host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. See you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Santa. Oh, nice day. <laughs>